Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Wisdom's Echo. This is a daily podcast brought to you exclusively by Origin Gate. My name is Elijah Ward, and it's my incredible honor and um, it's my joy to share with you uh, from the content of my heart and of my engagement with Yahweh today. You know, the spiritual journey is an inward pursuit where one is constantly confronted with their own limiting beliefs about God. And that the byproduct of that becomes, we begin to see limiting beliefs about ourselves. You know, one of the, um, one of the most fundamental uh, sources of opposition in the life of a believer is oftentimes their own belief systems. I, I honestly believe now more than ever before that even more so than some demonic enemy, a religious belief system, an internal construct of limiting beliefs is the greatest force of opposition um, in the life of any believer. And we see that in the ministry of Yeshua when we read through the gospel accounts of what he encountered as he walked the earth and um, as he ministered to those that that he encountered. You know, one of the greatest uh, sources of opposition he encountered was religious people. It was people who had been had married their hearts to um, the revelation of God as it's contained within ancient scriptures, so much so that they couldn't even see the the incarnation of God in their present moment. Um, and so even more than demonic attack or, or even demonic confrontation, we could call it, the, the source of opposition in the ministry of Yeshua was religiosity. You know, demons had to actually run away from them. There was almost no opposition when it came to the demonic. Um, they had to run away. They, 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 they possessed the, you know, the bodies of, of animals and jumped off of cliffs because they wanted, they needed so badly to, to run away from this manifestation of God. Um, but the religious people were so, were so stubborn. And so we see this image in the gospels of religious thought becoming an, a massive obstacle for what God is doing um, in the here and now. So I want to share from uh, some things that I've been processing as I engage the heart of Yahweh um, as it relates to the freedom from religious obstacles in my own mind and heart. And because I've seen in my journey, this inward pursuit that I'm on, I'm constantly confronted with limiting beliefs about Yahweh. And I, my goal is to remove every limit I've ever consciously or subconsciously placed on him to see his expression in my life in a new, in a, in a glorious way. Um, and in one of those things specifically is this concept of the law and grace in scripture. You know, one of the things that religion um, does is cling to the law, the rule book, the binary um, uh, pathway to somehow receiving justification by doing enough good things. And uh, Paul in the New Testament is really good at combating that. And the the, the primary um, uh, you know, the primary means by which he countermands this idea that you can be justified by the law is by discussing a concept called grace. And so I want to read some scripture to you briefly 
um, that has really blessed me. And what I'll do to give you um, an idea is I want to read two uh, scriptures, and then I want to share with you a couple of notes that I took as it relates to law and grace with um, with a couple of words that I highlighted here. So in Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 12, I'll read through 21. It says this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, pass much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through that one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin is increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Yeshua Christ, our Lord. What a powerful scripture here, where we're seeing this this problem that's introduced by Adam that condemned the entire human race is actually being the solution is found through one man's obedience in the life of Yeshua the Christ showing up and bringing all of us back into a place of righteousness and justification. And I love how Paul in this part here, he says something so, um, so world changing, if you'll allow it to permeate the internal kind of your your internal belief systems. And he says, sin came in to increase the trespass. And so when we see this, this idea being just demolished by Paul, when he says something like sin, uh, I'm sorry, the law increases the trespass. He said, the law came in to increase the trespass. What he's saying is that the rule book, the the what Moses introduced after his encounter on the mountain with God and all the the law of the I think there's I, 613 of these laws that are found in the Torah. All of this was never produced as a mechanism by which anyone could achieve a state of justification. It is only a measuring rod against which we can see we will never be able to succeed. We will only ever increase the trespass when we measure ourselves up against the law. But Yeshua the Christ came in to set us free with the gift of grace, to bring us into a state of justification by his own righteousness that he gives to us 
as a gift. It's a complete gift. And that's so beautiful and so liberating. Now, I love also, you know, in John chapter 5, in verse 45, I believe, Yeshua is speaking. He's addressing these religious um, leaders who have been offended because he made himself to be equal with God by calling him his own father. And he says this to him. This is another thing that that's, that's um, you know, hidden in scripture in a way. It's hidden in plain sight. But he says to them, don't think that I will accuse you to the father. There is only one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. And I find it so interesting that he didn't say that the accuser was the devil which when you see the word devil in scripture, it's, it goes, goes back to a word translated as accuser. So he didn't even say the devil was the accuser. He didn't even bring up the enemy. He didn't bring up any source of spiritual opposition. He brought up Moses, the one that they had been clinging to, the law. Like the, the law was birthed through this person that they had set their hope in. And he was writing about um foreshadowing the coming of the true Messiah and who he had incarnated in front of their eyes and they couldn't even see it. Um, and so it's amazing how when we look at the purpose of the law as it's revealed through people like Paul and, and, and in the words and the ministry of Yeshua, we find that it was only ever designed to show us how badly we needed a savior. It was never designed for us to, for, to be a mechanism by which we would achieve any state of perfection or even justification. You know, there's a quote by Martin Luther that I love, and it says this, either Christ must live and the law perish, or the law remains and Christ must perish. Christ and the law cannot dwell side by side in the conscience. It is either grace or law. To muddle the two is to eliminate the gospel of Christ entirely. And I just find that to be so powerful. Now, there's a couple things I want to pull out, just two words before I wrap up. I want to just share, um, I want to look at the word in, um, in the New Testament for law. And I want to look at the word in the New Testament for grace, because I think it helps us a lot to go into that. Now, these root words tell a lot of the story. You can tend to find so many connections to certain things when you just dig into the language. Um, and so the word for the law in, in Scripture is nomos, and it's in the outline of biblical usage, it says this, anything established, anything received by usage, a custom, a law, a command, um, a law or rule producing an approved state of God. Now, the root word or the etymology of this, this word that we use for law or that we see for law in Scripture says this, from a primary, nemo, which means to parcel out especially food or grazing to animals. Now, if you understand what it means to parcel out for grazing, it's uh, you're basically setting fence lines. You're, you're creating limitations so that your livestock feed inside the limitations of what you've given them so that later you can move it to another spot. Um, now, what I noticed in this is that the meaning of this word, the law, really induces a limit-centric fo focus, whereas grace would invoke this limitless perspective. Now, the word for grace, when you look at it in Greek, I'm probably butchering these uh, these pronunciations, by the way, but I'm just this is just me being free, right? It's it's you'll look up the word. It says this: 
Cairo. Now, when you look at that in the outline of biblical usage, it says to rejoice and to be glad or to rejoice exceedingly. Now, when you look at the difference between the word law, which highlights limitations, and the word grace, which talks about an exceeding joy, you find that the law focuses on boundaries and grace focuses on heart connection, this joy that comes from a connected heart. You know, my wife says that the only real sin is the failure to remain face to face and a heart connected will always refuse to look away. And so I've just been chewing on this, really allowing this to permeate my belief systems. This, all, all this revelation the Father is pouring out about the function of the law and the gift of grace and how that was in, introduced as a means to make us come alive as a free gift. It's not a reward for good behavior. It's not a reward for being able to fulfill the, um, the requirements of this binary system of justification that, the, that religion clings to called the law, there is a free gift that's available in Christ that he gave us so generously that, that has the power to transform our world and see God for who he really is. Because remember, the spiritual journey is an inward pursuit where you're constantly confronted with limiting beliefs about God and the gift of grace is one that will transform the way we think about God and that will, as a byproduct, transform the way we think about ourselves. We begin to see ourselves as his son and not as the person that's on trial before him, but somebody who sits in his lap, who's been invited to inhabit a place of intimacy with him. And it's a beautiful thing. So I just want to bless you today and declare grace to you, immeasurable peace. I pray that this message and this revelation, that anything that was said in this podcast that struck you in your heart, I just pray that that would permeate your mind and your heart to transform your way of thinking, transform your way of speaking, that it would spill out and pour into your marriages and your children, and that this would transform you in a way that would, that where you would see an impact of this life-giving message to the thousandth generation. I just pray that the Father so blesses you and so keeps you in the name of Yeshua. I look forward to sharing with everybody in a future podcast. Shalom.